0: We're at the point where the rubber is hitting the road in our C2C leagues. Um, Either you're a contender on the college side or you are starting to get ready for next season. One of the reasons why I love having these conversations with Mr. Waldman, Matt Waldman, joining me here as always for this show is we get a real sense of value of these players who are becoming draft eligible. And we know that they can be trade pieces, but we need to find the trap doors and the, who are the players that are trapdoors, and who are the players that have some actual substance? Or Matt, as you would say, um, you'd use the cake and frosting analogy. We need to separate those two. Malik Neighbors. We're going to find out today if he is a trapdoor or if there is some substance to his game. Um, I wanted to talk about him because I saw you tweeting about Malik Neighbors uh, this week or on Saturday. Actually, during the game, maybe it might have been last week because he got it a, a really big. He's played really well. When you turn on the tape and you watch Malik Neighbors, what is it that you see? A
1: refined wide receiver, um, someone who understands how to run routes at pretty much every phase of the route, and he honestly looks at times like he's toying with defenders in the manner in which he runs routes. He looks like he has a lot more in his bag than what sometimes he even shows. Um, And what he shows is pretty substantial in terms of all the various release moves that he has with his hands and his feet and how he can combine it. Um, He's also skilled with the variety of breaks that you want to see. You see someone who who can snap the turn on a stop route and he can give that one long break step at full speed. Um, He has a false acceleration break where he can do the two steps and run out the route back to the quarterback and get friendly. He has the one long three quick break steps that are precise. He has a strong drop and pop break where he can turn hips inside, run out of the break off a drop of his hips. When you have those breaks, you pretty much run every route that you need to be able to run in the NFL. Um, Now, speed. What's funny is most receivers that I watch, the hard breaks are the difficult ones. The speed breaks they have down. The speed breaks actually drift a little bit. He's at, that's where he might be at his worst. But you know, when you talk about route breaks and releases, then you watch him catch the football, and he's tough. He can he can win in tight coverage. Watch him against Georgia at a number of tight coverage catches. He also could catch a ball high pointing it with a linebacker bearing his um, helmet into his chest and then him ricocheting off of another defender who's hitting him in the shoulders and head and come down with the ball like it was nothing. Um, When I watch players like that, I and, and then make late turns at the boundary and be able to make adjustments to targets that aren't always accurate. And certainly they aren't always accurate coming from LSU's quarterback. Um, I'm a fan, and I believe that he is a legitimate early round receiver in this class.
0: I think this is the first show where we may have had excitement about the player coming right out of the gate. And it's interesting because um, we have had our – squabbles with the LSU fans but on our takes on Malik Neighbors. We've called him a jack of all trades but master of none. Is his game, is there any particular trait that you think of his that stands out more than the rest of him, a, uh, more, than the, uh, more than the rest? Is he a well-rounded player? I mean, is it route running speed, contest catchability? I think, so that's 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 the question. Our concern was is this is a good college player who might be productive. We've seen some of these guys come through. Tylen Wallace was one out of uh, Oklahoma State. Um, that's the the name that we're that, that's the name that we kind of think of smaller contested catch wide receiver. Um, so back to the but back to the question: Is there one trait of his that you think could, he could use as a trump card uh, at the NFL level? Um, no, I don't think there really
1: is. Though I would say his trump card at the at the level at the NFL level, is that he does everything well enough and he's athletic enough to win in just about every facet you would ask him to win. Um, And that may be his trump card. I'll tell you who else had that trump card. Now, I like the Tylen Wallace um, reference because where I would differentiate him is that Tylen Wallace was a better wide receiver than he has been in the NFL, mainly because he had a devastating knee injury and coming back, he played through it. And I'm not sure that was always necessarily the best decision for him, but he wanted to make sure he got a contract and he's hung around the NFL, but he hasn't been as explosive as he once was. Um, And so I think that that probably hurt him. When I look at neighbors, I remember people basically talking the entire time about an LSU receiver by the name of Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, you know, ooh, Lord, Terrace Marshall. That was basically what I I would hear, you know. Meanwhile, there was this guy playing on the same team who had an all-around better game, who played tough on special teams, who could block, who could make all the tough catches, could play multiple position roles. And, oh, by the way, he might be – one of the three to five best wide receivers in the NFL right now. And Justin Jefferson, I, I haven't done it yet, but when I watched Malik neighbors, all I could think about was, I wonder, I need to go back and watch Justin Jefferson. Cause this kid, there's something about this kid that reminds me a little bit of an all around player like Justin Jefferson. I don't know if he's as explosive. Um, he's certainly not as tall, but, um, but the way he runs routes and the way he moves with it, I would say, I mean, the route running is going to be enough. Honestly, Till Tillon Wallace didn't run routes at the at the level that this guy does. Tyler Wallace doesn't. I think neighbors is is gonna come into the league as a good route runner and perform at a high level. And when I think of you know, guys that I would, you know, maybe consider I need to I need to go back and look, but I wonder how bi- how big is Brandon Ayuk? He's a pretty big guy, isn't he? Or is he more like six? I mean, I would bet 200? he's
0: like 2'12", six, one, six, one, two, two two around there. I'm gonna let me look.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't remember right off the bat, but you know, we're looking at Malik Neighbors right now at six feet two hundred, if that's correct. You know, he could win up- six
0: six foot 200, 201 for Brandon Ayuk.
1: Well, I. I think Malik Neighbors is ahead of the game compared to where Brandon Ayuk was when he came out of school, and Brandon Ayuk's looking pretty darn good right now. When if um, Kyle Shanahan doesn't run his shoulder into the ground um, and allows him to heal a little bit, or he doesn't try to play through all that, um, I, yeah, I'm very excited about Malik Neighbors. I think honestly, I think he's the best route runner I've seen in this class thus far, and we've talked about Mal- uh, Marvin Harrison Jr we're probably going to talk about Romeo Dunzier. Um, you know, there's the two Florida statewide receivers. We talked about Coleman already, who's a pretty good route runner. You know, I've seen enough I've seen enough of some of the top names thus far that I'm confident Malik Neighbor stacks up to them and then some.
0: I'm trying to think about how to a- ask this question. You could probably trade Marvin Harrison Jr. right now for Malik Neighbors. Plus, and that plus might be a lot. Now, Malik Neighbors is having an excellent season right now, so he's adding a ton of value, wide receiver one value, on the college side. However, the perception is, is that Marvin Harrison Jr. established as a top five pick in the next year's NFL draft. Malik Neighbors, while he's having an excellent season, I don't think that the perception is, is that this is an early round lock by any means. Would you make that trade, Marvin Harrison Jr., for Malik Neighbors? You know, well, let's just say plus because I think that you can get that. Would you make that trade?
1: Yeah, plus being like a second round pick,
0: probably. I, I think you could be, You might be able to get a first round pick for a first round supplemental pick for Mar. If you're trading Marvin Harrison Jr., you really would.
1: Listen, if you're playing it safe, and you're in a league where you're, you know, you need one piece, and you feel like that one piece can be a wide receiver who contributes within the next two years, that first year and maybe, or maybe worst case, second year, and is going to deliver solid starting production for you. Um, then you may just go with the known quantity in Marvin Harrison Jr. because you know that someone's going to pick them high. They're probably going to give them an opportunity to play right away. And that's fine. If you are a team that is, picking if you're a team that is competitive and going to contend and doesn't need whatever it is you're drafting this year, or you're rebuilding right now. I would take that in a hot second. I would, I, I, again, I don't do a lot of draft capital stuff. I don't know if Malik neighbors is going to be a fourth round pick or a third round pick or wind up being an early round pick. But what I see on tape is a, is a more um, versatile route runner than Marvin Harrison Jr. in the way that Harrison's been used from what I've seen on tape, which doesn't mean that he can't do what Neighbors does, but he hasn't been asked to. And I've seen a far more technically solid pass catcher in difficult scenarios than what I saw out of Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'm someone that picked Marvin Harrison Jr. early in a Devy draft. But if I had known about Malik Neighbors and this is what I saw on tape, I would have taken him.
0: Malik Neighbors, I'm looking at the League of Record draft. He was taken in the fourth round at the 4 3 uh, behind other wide receivers, Troy Franklin, Roma Dunze, Barry and Brown, the freshman Zachariah Branch at USC, Tedderoy McMillan, Luther Burton that's probably fair right after Malik Neighbors, uh, Carnell Tate, the freshman at Ohio State, Brandon Ennis, another freshman at Ohio State, Marquarius White, Jalen McMillan, the slot wide receiver there at Washington, Malik Benson, the uh, uh, Juco transfer at Alabama. So, you know, you're, Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft went 102 right after Caleb Williams. Malik neighbors here in the fourth round.
1: Well, you know, you can get them both. So that's great. And I'm telling you right now, it's not like I watched Malik Neighbors against Colorado School of the Mines, Hawaii School of the Diamond Rocks, and, you know, um, you know wherever else, you know, that you can think of an imaginative name that doesn't denote football at its highest level. I watched him against Mississippi State, Florida State this year, Georgia last year, and Alabama last year. And he looked good in all those games. He looked like the best receiver on the field in all those games. Um, And that's saying something to me. He plays on the left and right sides of the formation. You can see him in the slot. He's most often used as a flanker, which is really where I think his natural fit's going to be. And he just, I think he gets it. Like, you know, again, I liked Keishon Butte, you know, and Keishon... Kayshawn's got a little bit of work to do ahead with his game, but I saw him more as a you know kind of a Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry mashup who needed who was aspiring to be one of those two or combination of those two players. And he got in the he got in the lineup early for the Patriots to begin the season. Now he made a couple mistakes, and we haven't seen much of them since. But what that tells me is that he had a good enough camp for a Patriots team that Basically, look, look at Mike Rabel. Mike Vrabel is a Patriot acolyte. He doesn't say a nice thing about a rookie ever, but he did take Ty J. Spears and put him in there in the Superdome and said, kid, you're going to be our primary pass protector and you're going to handle twisting defensive linemen. And I have so much confidence in you that I know you're going to do it in the din, the noisy din, eardrum bleeding din of the Superdome. And handle it like you're a five-year pro and he's been handling it that way, you know, the for the season. Hadn't said a nice thing about J Spears, I don't think, said anything, <laughs> but the actions say something. So when Bill Belichick and company give Keshawn Butte opportunities and give them to him, and he gets some opportunities even late to affect the game. Maybe they don't think he's quite ready yet. But I remember they didn't they were they weren't saying nice things about Steph um Ramondre Stevenson two years, three years oh, ago, either not a, not at all. Not, not at that all. Running
0: backs coach was talking about what did he what does he need to work on? Everything. Yeah. yeah. Don was yeah. just
1: like, let's not put him in a gold jacket y- yet because he had a big run in the preseason. But yeah. now, where are we at with Ramondre Stevenson? And some people say, well, last week it was you out, gained him. Okay, well the. You know, now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about the reality of what he's been the past two years for that team. Yeah. So Keyshawn Butte may still, you know, eventually be a good player. But when I watch Neighbors, I mean, he's the top of my board right now. That's just, you know, that's that's where he's at. That's how good I think he is. Um, and look, this time, about a month, maybe about 11 months ago, I was talking about Michael Wilson this way. You know, so – and Wilson's starting for an Arizona team.
0: He's starting. Mm-hmm. And remote. I have him rostered in places because, of you, because and, of you.
1: Yeah, and Rondale Moore, meanwhile, who was my 11th-rated receiver that year when everybody thought he was the next Steve Smith, is really the guy I compared him to on the low end is Tavon Austin. He He's going – he's getting sucked into the Tavon Austin vortex as a player because he can't track the ball like a premier wide receiver he doesn't win contested catches i've seen people on the some of the twitter scouts go no yes he can watch this practice tape where he ran the corner fade and he caught the ball tracking it over his shoulder that's i uh, that's kind of like saying no it's you know me saying no this is green that's not green and then someone showing me like pink and going see that's that's green you know that uh, it doesn't make any sense all i know is that This kid, this kid neighbors, he may not be physically like a physically dominant player. He may not be the next and he may not seem like he's the next in the long line of logo scouting specials at Ohio State or or wherever else that you would look. Um, And LSU lost some of its luster after, you know, Terrace Marshall, maybe, you know, since then, you know, it, it hasn't quite been there. And and I think that we are guilty as Devi um, enthusiasts that we can sometimes get really excited about those. You know, I call them the big men, little coat players. You know who who come in they, they look like they look like band sized, ready to go options who produce well early, but their games don't quite grow. You know, or they just are they're associated with a logo and maybe he was associated with the bad end of this logo but he's he shouldn't be he 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 might be he might be the third best LSU receiver I've seen in a while and the only two ahead of him is arguably the best wide receiver well really the two two of the five best wide receivers in football if you ask me and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson I don't know if there's a receiver I would take ahead of those two guys even Tyree Hill, even Devontae Adams. If you gave me those two, I would probably just I, I i would i'd probably say screw it to a lot of other positions and wait till later because i'd be i'd be thrilled to have those two guys on the same team.
0: I am going to be adding uh, Malik Neighbors to my C two hundred rankings. I'm doing that right now. Um, I guess I don't need to ask you the final question. Whether you're buying or selling them, oh yes, or I'm buying. Because <laughs> you are 100% buying. You are 100% buying. I'm
1: 110% buying. Like I, if you're gonna give me extra to get him, if I have a good team, if I have a good team, and someone's gonna give me a first round pick and Marvin Harrison for this kid, I might be wrong. But if I don't need, if I didn't need Marvin Harrison, I'm gonna go for that because I believe in Malik neighbors as a as a talent and i was talking about him to somebody else today who is an esteemed um draft analyst in 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 big media and they didn't bat an eye when i mentioned him at the top of the board along with some of the names that we talked about today now they had they had harrison over him but um but the fact that he's in the conversation um i think Tells you that if that's the case, you're getting a bargain and you're, and if you can get, you know, decent change in the transaction for something like that, or just know that you're going to be able to get both. I mean, in the past, I mean, when did, when did just, where was Justin Jefferson to begin his final? It was probably,
0: yeah, fourth, fifth
1: round. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go again.
0: Here we go again. It was after Marshall and Chase. It was definitely after Marshall and Chase. Yeah. Um, he was the old oh, by the way receiver. He was. Yes, he was. Yes, he yeah. was. Well, uh, go get Malik Neighbors. Matt, thanks for your insight. My pleasure.